Springs Zavarian High School. This is Patrick Fogarty, Instructional Technology Director at Zavarian High School. And I'm Deacon Kev McClung, the principal at Zavarian High School. We're here to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in our school on our podcast this week in Zavarian Tech. We're going to run through a few different topics, and we hope you'll uh, choose to spend 10 to 15 minutes with us this week and every week. So uh, first I'm going to start off with introductions, and I'm going to ask uh, Deacon McCormick if he wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about himself, and then I'm going to share a little bit about myself, and we'll get into what we do and why we're darkening your podcast door. Uh, thanks, Patrick. i am uh, been at Severian for about 27 years now. I'm an adjunct at Malloy College as well, and uh, I'm a Roman Catholic deacon for the Diocese of Rockville Center and, and get to work here in Brooklyn as well. Um, and my passion for the last few years has been technology. It's the, uh, it's the driving force. It all started when my kids got me the iPod, and uh, it's the entry drug for Mac products. And I, uh, I, I bought in, uh, and now I mainline Mac products. I, uh, you know, I'm very proud of my uh, uh, Mac Pro book. I'm proud of my, uh, my smartphone, my, my iPhone. Just got the iPhone 5. Definitely worth it. You get the idea, but the, the key is is that uh, education and uh, religious education in particular and technology are the things that kind of drive me from Monday to Friday. And the reason I'm sitting next to the good deacon, for very similar reasons, technology's driven what I've done in the classroom for quite a few years, but it wasn't until we over here at Zaverian went one-to-one, which we'll talk a little bit more about in just a couple of minutes, uh, that really had a transformative effect on what I did for a living and uh, Deacon McCormick and I kind of carved out this position for me as uh, the, intro- the faculty advisor of instructional tech at Zavarian. Uh, also experienced with the iPad as a gateway drug as my first iPod, actually the iPod was my gateway drug, mm-hmm. and then the iPad was uh, when I started mainlining. Um, the, uh, the use of the iPod was a good start, but once we got iPads at the school, I became uh, pretty committed and almost a bit fanatical about finding different ways to use it in education. And uh, at this point, I do a lot of speaking on that topic and presenting around the country on uh, the best practices, deployment, and then uh, getting into some consulting work as well. But my main job is here at Zavarian High School, and I also work at St. Francis College, where I utilize a BYOD environment, which is uh, a challenge to say the very least, and one of the reasons that we support iPads so strongly here. Uh, so, Deacon, uh, tell me a little bit about the decision to go one-to-one here at Zavarian High School. You were very, very important to that decision, if, if not the uh, sole impetus. So tell us well, it was, it was Mr. Alisi and myself worked on this, and here's the bottom line, and I get, I get like really jazzed with this whole thing. We had a situation where we, we're getting kids ready for the 21st century, and we kept saying that. But we're like eight years in at the time of the 21st century, and it was kind of moving very quickly. And we kept talking about what tomorrow is going to bring and, and what, what, what we were going to be able to do with it. And then, you know, Bob and I made a decision that we were going to start to push this. Uh, we did our homework. We found out, you know, what was being done in one to one. The iPad came out just at the same time, and uh, we were able to find the money and we were able to find the technology, and it was a perfect storm that set us up that we began a, a two-year process of getting faculty on board, getting the machines in the building, and getting that implemented into technology. It's not a matter of like having the, 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 the newest stuff, it's having the most effective stuff. 
and that's what what the one to one with the iPads been able to do for us. Now you're in the classroom, you use it all the time. Mm -hmm. So what what is it that you see? Now you, you I mean you were a student here at, at a more conventional time. You started your career in a very conventional time, chalk talk kind of yeah. thing, and you know we thought it was extraordinary. We did some group work, and now you're like the guru in this whole thing. So what? How did it capture your imagination? That, that first of all, thank you for the kind words. Uh, and, and it's true. I, I came of uh, I came of age as a teacher in a very traditional time, right when. In the public system, they were starting to turn away from the teacher-centered environment when the teachers were sitting at desks. That, that's sort of when I was coming up, and um, I was chalk and talk. I was clicking through PowerPoint. When I started here, I was essentially clicking through really well-illustrated PowerPoints. Do you go through your old PowerPoints and cringe? The, the, the religion stuff? Oh, my God. I, I taught religion for a little while over here at Severian High School. I am not a theologian, and I, I wasn't as strong in the subject area as I could have been. But my PowerPoints were torturous. Yeah. And I looked at their little faces at times, because I was teaching mostly freshman religion. And I would look down at them and just see the abject horror, because what they do is they look for the slide count. And in the bottom left-hand corner, those of you who use PowerPoint know what I'm talking about, there's a slide count. It'll say slide 3 of 67. And when they saw what percentage they were into the PowerPoint presentation, when they saw you know, that we were on slide 8 and there were 108 slides, it was desperate. I felt terrible for it. <laughs> but when you were making it, it was so cool. Like, oh, oh I'm a tech guy. I thought I was a genius. I really, I, speaking of Google, yeah, I, was, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I would sit down with other teachers and say, whoa, 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 you got to spice this up with some PowerPoint. 16-point right. font, check this out. <laughs> and, you know, you can't even read the thing from where you're right, sitting in right, the class. Right. And you put 150 words on it. Right, of course. Right, right. And even though I think it was the research indicated that some, three and seven words is what right. people retain on a PowerPoint right, slide. Right. I would say on average my slides had somewhere between 60 and 100 words. But now I go into your classroom now and it's not like that. No. They, well, you know what really changed more than uh, more? I think what changed is the tools. It wasn't so much me. I always wanted to do better, um, and, and maybe it was. Maybe I should have been doing better. Maybe I should have figured more out. But at the time, what I was doing was considered best practices in a lot of places. Using using the technology, putting the students in groups, giving them independent seat work that came from what we did on the board. Uh, now with the iPads, it decentralizes the environment. So as a teacher, and I know this is a phrase people hear a million times uh, in education. But shifting from the font of all knowledge to a facilitator of knowledge, to putting the students in a position to actually create their own knowledge, I, I think that was the transformative effect. And that might have been the phrase that finally stuck in my brain and really made me reevaluate using PowerPoint at all. I mean, when we first started talking about uh, internet whiteboards and, and uh, Apple TVs, I spoke to our IT department and I said, look, if we're up to me, we wouldn't do either. You know, we, we basically say, Here's the, this is no longer the front of the room. Uh, you know, for those of you who are not watching me, I'm pointing to the front of uh, our office here. Uh, this is not the center of learning anymore, and I think that's really important to sort of destabilize that in the t in traditional education. So it was the device. It was also the ease of use. You know, one of the things that, that we that I wrote down on our uh, you know p potential topic list is uh, these Chromebooks, which I think are a great idea. Except, and you know, there's about 4,000 accepts. There's no except with the iPad. If you have the money and the means to do it, that's the way to do it. And I don't know that there's any disputing that right now. I, I obviously I agree with you. That's the way we're doing it. You look at, uh, you know, we're working here. We're doing our, our, our podcast, and we have a, you know, the old white Mac book as, as as the foundation. We have an iPad next to it. The, the, the iPhone is on the desk, and you're working from there. And you look at what's what's best for the kids. And if you look at those three things, those are three options right now. So traditional. Uh, um, no uh, laptop or a notebook, and at the smallest you're going to reasonably get is I think is like the 11 inch, the Air yeah. maybe. If you start looking at these seven inch books, they uh, 
I get it. I, I, I don't see the durability. I don't see the operating system being something that's simple to work with. I think the footprint it leaves on the desk, even though it's seven inches, it, it, it turns itself into a right angle, which then causes a barrier between you and the, and the, and the kids. We have, and, and on the other hand, the iPhone or the iPod, which there are some people who, who push that out. And when that first came out, you, you, there would be schools, I, I, I visited them, where they would come out with a rack and there would be 30 iPods, which is just an iPhone without the phone. Right. And the kids would do their work from there. And that's cool. I get it. You know, it works out. But, but there, the phone factor is too small. So it's, you know, the Goldilocks syndrome. It's too hard, too soft, too big, too small. And then you get the iPad, and I, you know maybe we'll talk about it if we have time later on about the mini. But I'm not a big fan of the mini. I think Steve Jobs was right. I don't, yeah. I don't see if you want if you're looking for uh, something that's going to replace the Kindle or, or the Kindle Fire. All right, but the for for a school at least, what I love about the iPad is the footprint is very modest. If a kid needs the uh, uh, keyboard, he can, he can he or she can put that on to it. It's not that the Bluetooth aren't that devastating. It could create that right angle barrier, but more times than not, doesn't. But it also is simple, easy to use. We have a great tech guys here, both both you know Brendan and John, outstanding men. And when we were Windows based, they spent their time troubleshooting all these problems. And now with the OS and the iOS, the Mac platform, their time is spent much more productively, not worrying about some kinks or some problems with some bizarre uh, you know spyware or adware or just a glitch in Windows, they're dealing with, with, with the implementation of the product. So it, it, it works. It also is, uh, it, it's obviously not indestructible. We've both seen more than yeah. our share of some cracked screens. But out of a school of, of over a thousand kids using it from 11 to 18, plus about another 120 adults using it, the cracks are, are due to gravity. <laughs> gravity is much more than a theory. I wish people would believe us on that. But we're not talking about major devastation here, and we're not talking about a huge percentage of kids who have cracked screens. No, I believe it's under. I, I believe our crack rate, and that's not. This is not destroyed iPads. This is just cracked. Just a crack, right? It was right. under twelve percent at one point. We got it down to uh, somewhere between ten and twelve, right. and that again is not broken iPads, but just slightly. Even mine right now has a tiny nip out of the corner. We would have counted that. We're mm -hmm. counting anything that's you know aesthetically or functionally problematic, and yet. You know, if you say, okay, let, let's even go with the high end and say 12% of people have had problems, that means 88% have, right. which is you know, pretty insane. Now, that, I want to actually segue to um, something we were just talking about. Let's talk about the iPad Mini for a minute. Because um, as someone who's really in charge of a one-to-one -one school, you've got a decision to make now. You've got iPads 3s, and you've got 3s and 4s out there uh, for a list of roughly about 500 for what we would get. You've got used twos, which right now can be had for somewhere between $320 and $360, which is a bargain. And you've got minis, which are $330, so essentially the price of a two with the hardware of a two inside it. Some people have called the mini the iPad network, which is derisive. You know, obviously uh, those people don't have a positive feeling on it. Where do you stand for a school who's considering deployment and now can save $170 per device by using the mini? What do yeah. you say to that? You buy cheap, buy twice. That's in a nutshell. And the, the durability of what the, the, the iPad 4 can do, and I have to be honest, unless money is a huge deal, the iPad 2 is a fine machine. We've been using it, I've mined for two years. Yeah. But the, uh, the iPhone, the uh, iPad 4 is faster, and it's much clearer. If you can afford it, you can do it. And we could actually spend uh, another episode on how we were able to fund it. You know, we, we didn't buy them outright, we leased them, and 
we'd be happy to, to share some ideas on that if people are interested. Um, but but the what, I like the fact that we're not consuming strictly on the, on this product. So we have, and that's cool, and we we want that. I mean, the, the reading is there, but I also like the fact that they're making keynote presentations. I like the fact that they're they're, they're surfing the web and they're, they're they're communicating back and forth. I like the fact that a teacher can use Skype or FaceTime, uh, depending on the product that they're using at the time, in the classroom and interact with either kids in, the, in another classroom on the other side of the building, which is really not necessary, but no. it's kind of cool. That's what a happens. cool factor. That's a cool factor. <coughs> but we also have you know our brother's schools in, in Baltimore or, or Boston or Connecticut, as well as um, in Kentucky, and as well as uh, across the world. You know we. We were very lucky to to create a relationship with Fraser Spears in mm -hmm. Scotland, and I, I, Fraser was able to spend some time with us, and it was really extremely important for our ability to do what we've done so far with this. And we owe him, we still owe him a great debt of gratitude. But most of the time, I, I speak with Fraser, and it's been a while. But it, it was Skype, you know, it was back and forth, and, and it was ubiquitous. And and I, I put that in hand. I we Bobby Lisi and I we put that in the hands of a, a thousand kids. Thousand kids. Last year when we did the debates in class, we were yeah. able to put them on UStream and stream them to other classes who were commenting on them and tweeting about them. And it was it was it was not a brave new world. It was so like, oh yeah, we can do this, right? You know, like it wasn't. I remember you were, you were too young for this, but for, for the older listeners here, when we had film strips, and maybe maybe you did or not, I don't know, but you had film strips, and and depending on how cool you were, your film strips were uh, accompanied by an, uh, a 33 RPM record or a tape. And what would happen was you'd have this, this, this it was like a PowerPoint, and you would have this 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 uh, film, and you'd have this huge, huge projector that got really, really hot. You had to make sure you turned off the light before you turned off the electricity, the bulb will explode, all this kind of crazy stuff. But you would go through it, and a lot of the ones we did were made by the Seven Up company. I don't know why, but Seven oh, Up did it. So you'd have like a beginning of Seven Up, and then there would be, you know. Um, uh, Native Americans, of course, we didn't call them Native Americans in the '60s. And, you know, it was the, so you'd be like, you know, the, the Cherokee of New York, and then it'd be beep, and then the, the teacher would project it another one, and, and uh, known for you know the blah blah blah, and beep, and then go through it. And you look at that, and then you look at the fact that now a kid can communicate with a colleague, and, and we're talking about kids and colleagues, and correctly saying so, in Scotland, in Indonesia, <laughs> in you know uh, uh, Australia, wherever, and 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 that's the kind of thing that's necessary. Now, just going back to what started this conversation, the, the, the Mini can do that, but it's not going to do it as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, for us, who am I to talk about any other school? You pick what you want. But for us, the I, I would be very surprised in the near future if we move away from the from the full-sized iPad. It's It does what we need it to do, and it continues to get better and better at what it does. From a teacher perspective, I, I agree with most of that. The, the problem with anything smaller than the iPad for me is that you've created a, a typing conundrum. It's mm -hmm. much more, you know, a lot of people complain about typing on the iPad. I personally don't find it that challenging. Neither do I. I got big fat fingers. Yeah, I mean, I, I also have kind of big heads. I, I don't I, I don't see the need for anything more than I've got on there. I don't attach a keyboard or anything. I feel, I feel like that kind of, in some way, misses the point a little bit. But um, we're, we're job disciples. He's yeah, yeah. Job yeah. You know what? That's the thing. Maybe, maybe it's a little too doctrinaire. But I, I, I'm not a keyboard guy at this point. I was reading the interview with Tim Cook. I don't know if you saw that lengthy piece he just did, uh, or someone just did with him. And he said he does about 80% of his work on the iPad. And, and that seems. I mean, I don't know if I'm at 80% yet. Yeah, I'm still using the clamshell MacBook over here. But um, I'd say I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Deacon McCormick, this was an enlightening 
and quick 15 minutes. How cool is that? It goes very quick. That was it? fast as could be. I can't believe it. Well, you know what? I thank you very much for spending a few minutes with me, and well, I think we'll be back here next week. I think we're going to try it out. We'll see how it works out. Thank you, brother. Same bad channel, same bad place. We'll see you soon.